you have your Bibles and we'll open them to the book of Judges, the 16th chapter. Judges chapter 16, I want to read one verse, verse number 6, and um, use this as a foundation for our message tonight. Judges, the 16th chapter, and verse number 6. The scripture said, and Delilah said to Samson, tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherein thou mightest be bound to afflict thee, wherein thy great strength lieth. That's the question that not only Delilah wants to know, but even Satan wants to know. That's the thing that is constantly being probed in our life, is where is the strength of our life? The secret of strength is what I really want to talk to you about tonight, and I want to use this particular portion to begin. I am often amazed when I read the Word of God at the type of people that God chose to use uh, to fulfill His purpose. Uh, Sometimes we see them as being men of great character and men of great talent, and yet many more times than that we find them being questionable Samson is one of those questionable men. He was one of the judges of Israel. He was, in fact, at one time a spiritual leader in Israel. And the Bible speaks of Samson, or the mission of Samson was indicated at his birth when they were promised that he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. This was the purpose and the reason for Samson's life. And yet, his life is bound up in great contradiction. For when you read the account of this man, you find that there are many things about him that are questionable. One of them being his choice of uh, friends and perhaps his desires, his, his carnal natural desires that seem to rise up over and over again. And some of the things that Samson did were just, they, they just are, are amazing that God could still use a man with such contradiction in his life. But when I read in the New Testament, I find a very similar story in a man by the name of Saul. He was a persecutor. He had letters in his hands to go into another city and kill these newborn Christians. And yet he was the one that the Lord smote down with a great light on the road to Damascus and called him into the ministry. 
Paul seemed a contradiction at first in his life. But Samson, perhaps, is the most glaring contradiction of all. For you read in the life of Samson great triumph and exceeding great failure. And yet, in spite of his uh, imperfections and in spite of the crudities of his life, God used him so long as he was true to his consecration in life. So long as he was true to his calling and the vows that were upon his life, God was able to use him. Though he at times seemed out of control and at times he seemed to be a loose cannon, he maintained a vow with God and that vow with God is what kept him from going over the edge. It is what was truly the secret of his strength. It was the secret of his power. It was not the hair that was on his head that had grown But it was what that hair represented. It was a vow. It was a consecration that Samson and his life had been made before God. And God used him in spite of his recklessness and in spite of his willfulness and even in spite of his wayward ways. God still used him even though he was an imperfect man, far from being a perfect man, still the confession of servanthood was in his heart and he maintained a vow. He was consecrated to God. He was a Nazarite. And that vow that was upon him called that for him to live by certain principles. And he observing those principles, his life was empowered and his life was different. His life was with purpose and reason. And that is all of our lives truly, that there is no life without reason and there are no lives without purpose. And although there are a lot of people that live life without purpose it is not designed that way God has a purpose for all of us and the story of Samson and Delilah is the story of our life Delilah is after the same thing that Satan is after in our life and that is the strength of our lives what makes our lives different what makes us different as individuals wherein lies the strength of our life and what is the source of our power and our anointing and it was Delilah's pressing question when where is the source of your strength that kept coming to Samson that finally wore him down and for Samson for Samson His strength lay in the vows that he had taken as a Nazarite. His vows separated him and they consecrated him to a unique purpose. 
And there was the secret of his strength. It was in what he had consecrated himself to. The world has yet to see what God can do with a man and for a man and through a man and in a man and by a man who is holy and completely consecrated to him. Because consecration is a key to life. The lost power in Samson's life was lost because of his consecration being lost. We don't hear that word very often in our times, consecration or vows. We, we, we don't talk in those terms and yet they are in fact where the strength of life, our life is found. It's not in the liberties that we have, but it is in the restrictions that we place upon our life that we find our power. The secret of our strength lies in our consecration to God and to His purpose and to His call, not to the loose living, anything goes attitude of our day, but it is in the fact that we have committed ourselves to a certain life and to a, a certain way of living, and it is in that consecration that our power is found. And everybody needs to understand that. When we forsake our consecration, we cast away the tie between our life and God's, between power and powerlessness. And we lose that place of anointing. And when we lose our power, we've lost everything. It was a sacrifice of His consecration and His purpose that caused him to lose his strength and he became feeble. Listen to me. And when Samson lost his strength, when he gave up his consecration, when he let those vows that he had taken slip away from him, when he let those things that had separated his life and caused him to be different with as many imperfections as he had, when he let those things slip out of his life, the very thing that he was able to overcome the day before, he now was overcome of himself. The very thing that he had been able to put down time and time again. How many times? Read the story of Samson. Up until that moment when... When Delilah put the, 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 the shears to his hair and cut off the hair. Look at the many times that he faced the Philistines and he broke them. He completely decimated them. He was a, a, an astounding power to reckon with. And yet now, this moment after he has let that consecration go... This moment after he has separated himself from those vows that he had taken as just a child. Now the very thing that he had been so easily to put down and put aside was now overcoming and overpowering. him. You see folks there is something about consecration and separation that counts. The world laughs at that. And the world ridicules any preacher, 
in this day that talks about separation from the world or consecration to God. Meaning that when you are consecrated to God, you are separated from some things. There are just some things that if I am committed to God, I am not committed to others about. That if I am committed to God, then I am committed to the things that God represents. And in my commitment lies the power and the strength of my life. And it's what enables me to overcome the enemy that is constantly trying to destroy my life. And when Samson lost his consecration, he also lost his ability to overcome his enemy. Amen. And what he was once able to face without fear now overwhelmed him and defeated him. It is our consecration and it is our devotion to God that empowers us. You are not empowered because you can talk in tongues for 30 minutes or an hour or two hours. You, you're, you're not empowered because you can dance in the spirit or you can run the aisle or you can fall out in a trance. That's not where your power comes from. Your power in life comes from your separation. It comes from your consecration. It comes from your devotion to God. That's where your power comes And as long as we maintain that devotion, as long as we maintain that consecration to God, we are able to keep in check an inner man that can destroy us at any moment if he is not in check. How many ages full of ability and full of wit but have had no consecration and have passed through this world without affecting it in one sense. You know, it's not the wide flowing river that it's impressive, but there's no power in that. If they want to generate power, they narrow down that wide flowing river to a confined, restricted area. And there is where the power comes from. It's not in the ability to live any way that I want to live, although I am free to live that way. It is in the narrowing of my life. It is in the consecration of my life. It is in setting boundaries upon my life and saying, you know what? These are the things that, uh, this is what I am. And this is what I am committed to being. And these are the things that I am not. And so I will not give myself to those things. We are not a better people because we are free to do whatever we please. We are only better when our lives are channeled for a right purpose and reason. The essential thing was lost to Samson and so was his strength. And the essential thing was his consecration. It was his vow. There are many things that change, but principles remain. Styles change, but principles remain. Modesty is always an essential item for the child of God. But what I want to 
And this may be the only point that I really get through, but I just feel it so strongly in my spirit tonight. What I really want to get through to you tonight is this, that it is our consecrations to God. It is in our boundaries. It is in our commitments to God in which we are able to keep our weaknesses from destroying us. You see, Samson is not the only person that's ever had carnality weaknesses. Samson not the only man that's ever had lust problems. Samson's not the only man that had character issues, temper issues. Samson had a lot of things about his life that were just unbelievably contradictory to his calling. Why would God choose a man that had such strong passions? And, 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 and if he saw a woman, he was drawn to her. Read the story. I'm not making any of this up. Go read Samson's life. Read how many times he calls his dad and says, I want you to go get me that woman down there, a, a, a prostitute for, he wanted that, he, he, that's what his, but what kept that in check, the only thing that kept him from going over the edge, so to speak, totally in his life was the fact that there was a consecration on his life. And the only thing that kept him from making a complete fool out of himself was his consecration. And you listen to me tonight. Our consecrations are what keeps our own weaknesses from destroying us because we all have weaknesses. We all have our shortcomings. But it is in that consecration to God. It is in that commitment to God. It is in the vows that we lay before Him. It is the principles that we choose to live by. That's the strength. That's where the strength. That's what keeps that carnality at bay. That's what keeps that old man inside of me from rising up and destroying my life. It's what keeps me from going out and doing those things. It's when that principle speaks in my life and says, No, you are not that kind of man. You are not that kind of person. And it is that vow. It is that consecration that keeps my weakness from destroying me. We all have them. We all have them. Like Delilah, Satan is persistent at coming at us until we spill the secret or until we compromise the secret. What he's really after is for you to compromise your consecration. He is after you to compromise your vows, your commitments. That's what the devil is after. He wants them because that's where your strength is in life. That's how you're able to keep your flesh under subjection. That's how you're able to keep your carnality down. That's how you're able to keep your anger issues in check. That's how you're able to keep all of those things about you that if, if it wasn't for the Lord in your life, you would be a hellion to live with. Amen. It's that consecration that keeps that from destroying you and I. And what I'm trying to get at tonight is simple. You and I need vows and principles in our life that separate us and that mark lines in our life and for our life because that's where our strength is found. 
Our strength is not found in the liberty to do whatever we want to do. Paul said in Corinthians, I am at liberty to do whatever I want to do. But he said, I have chosen to not take those liberties because if I were to take those liberties, perhaps it would open in my life something that I would not be able to put down. And so he said, I have chosen to close that door. Though I am at liberty to do that, I have chosen not to do that. Do you understand me tonight when I tell you that all of us need commitments in our life that cannot be compromised? Because those commitments are our strength. That's what keeps us, that's what keeps us going. All of us need vows that delineate boundaries. Amen. We all need boundaries. There are just some things you just don't do in life. There are some places you don't go. There's some things you don't open yourself to. Why? Because when you open yourself to those things, that inner man that has been put down by vows... That inner man that has been put down by consecration begins to rise up. What's shocking to me many times is what happens in people's lives when that happens. And all of us are shocked at times when people go away from the Lord. And, and when they go away from God, it, they, it's just like, oh my, I can't believe what they're doing, how they're living. What's, how did that all happen? I, I never saw that. I never believed that that person would ever do that kind of thing. You're just seeing what can happen to a life that has no boundaries and no vows and no commitments. And Samson said, the strength of my life, Delilah, if you want to know where my strength is, it's in the vows and the commitments that I have made to God. That's where my strength is. And the devil is after that tonight in your and my life. And he is trying his dead level best to get me to compromise those vows or to go back on those vows. He is doing his best to try to convince me that they don't matter anymore. Amen. They don't matter anymore. But they do matter because that's where the strength of our life is found. I've used this illustration so many times before, but it, it just bears to be repeated that all of us tonight enjoyed a relatively safe journey to church. Although we went through many intersections that could have been deadly, deadly Intersections, And they have been deadly intersections. But we journeyed to church relatively safely because at those dangerous intersections, there are red lights and stop signs. So that traffic can be controlled and people can come and go in a safe way. And so we're safe. Our life is safe because there are some restrictions that have been laid there's a red light that says stop now i did see somebody the other day that just ignored it and drove right on through it from louisiana by the way 
I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I don't know if they don't know what red lights are over there or if they've never seen them or what. But as sure as I'm standing here tonight, light was as red as red can be. And she just shot right through it like there wasn't even anything there. But those red lights are in reality restrictions. They're, they're boundaries. They're, 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 they're limitation. They're saying, okay, you have liberties, but not past this point right now. Now, we don't argue with those limitations. We thank God for them. Do you realize what kind of chaos? Do you know how many murders there would be on a street corner every morning if there were no stoplights down here at Bay Area in 528? Do you know how many people would literally be shot down in the street if nobody was there to stop or go? You just came up and took your own chance. Do you know what kind of chaos life would be if it was like that? But it's not. Because somewhere a long time ago, somebody figured out if we're going to function as a good society and be healthy and have a future, we're going to have to have some boundaries. That's the secret of your safety. And the secret of our life, our spiritual life, is in the fact that we have boundaries. Those are not hindrances. Boundaries are not limitations to my life. Boundaries are what help beautify our spiritual life. And they are what help keep Samson from self-destruction. As weird as it may seem and as crazy, God, how in the world? You talk, he's the baddest bad boy of the book. Samson was the baddest bad boy of the whole book. He's that. And yet God still used him and he still called him and he still empowered him. And he did so until he compromised his consecration. Until he said, you know what, it really doesn't matter. It, it's not that big a deal, perhaps, and, and it was all gone. Every one of us need principles in our life that separate us. I don't care if the world cheats and steals. I don't care if they lie. I don't care if they pad their bill. I don't care if they don't pay their bills. As a child of God, we should not live by such standards. Cheat, get by with whatever, you know, do what you can do. I, I know that we've all been guilty of it, but I will tell you, there. sometimes I think God tests our faith just to see what we're going to do with what we've got. But how many times have, have you been standing at a register and, and the lady give you back more money than you gave them to begin with? And, and you just walk out thinking, oh, what a blessing from the Lord. I'm not bragging or anything because I've had the temptation on the other side. But not long ago I was in Target and the young lady that was checking me out, I gave her some money. And she gave back literally more than I gave her. I don't know what she thought I had given her, but it wasn't a $100 bill. And I just stood there and I looked at her with the money in her hand and I smiled at her. And she said, what's wrong? I said, well, ma'am, I think you gave me too much money back. And when I said that, it was like, Phew. she thought, where did you come from? What, what planet did you hurry up and get out of the store? Nobody will know any different. 
But I said, ma'am, I don't want you to get in trouble later on when you have to cash out your register. You want to recheck that? And red face, she checked it again, and she realized evidently somebody before me had given her a larger bill. And and in her mind, she's making that change again. And it would have been easy to do that. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying there are opportunities like that every day in our life. But those are the opportunities that determine who we are and what we are. And we can be just like everybody else. But there is no power in that kind of life. The only place where power in life, where you can feel the strength and the power to live and have purpose and meaning and have a feeling, a good feeling about your life is when you live by certain principles. When you say, you know what, everybody else may lie and everybody else may cheat and everybody else may steal, but I have a vow. I have a vow. I have a commitment that I have made to God. Amen. And that vow will help you It will help you more than you can even imagine. It will help you manage the weaknesses of your life. Keep them from destroying you. And it will maintain the power in your life. We all need commitments that cannot be compromised. And vows that separate. Amen. We need sacred places in our life. We need sacred places in our life we need sacred things in our life that are committed to god amen and we will not compromise those praise god that's where the power of our strength is it is in maintaining the boundaries in our life that is the key to success in living amen boundaries boundaries let's stand together i I love antique cars, and I, 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 I love to look at them. I don't have the money to own one of them, but I love a good quality restoration of an antique. Several years ago, a minister friend of mine relayed a situation that happened to him, and I've probably shared this with the church too, but he had pulled into a gas station, and while they were waiting to fill up, in beside them pulled a classic, uh, I think it was a 1920-type vehicle, and it was in absolute mint condition. And uh, while his friend was filling up their vehicle, he got out and he walked around it. He just eyed it and oogled over it and just drooled, wondering what it would be like to own something like that. And the man who owned it had gone into the store and, when he came back out, he saw this guy watching and looking, and, and he said, Sir, can I help you? And he said, Oh, no, no, I'm just admiring the beauty of your car. He said, You probably don't ever drive this. He said, Oh, no, I, I drive it quite often. He said, Oh, you, no, you, you couldn't drive. I, I mean, I would be afraid to get something this beautiful. How, how do you maintain it? I mean, how, how do you, there's no chips on it, there's no rock. That have flown up on it. And he, he said, man, how, how, there's no dings in the doors and that kind of thing. He said, well, it's very simple. He said, there are some roads that this car doesn't travel down. 
Now, he might have missed a lot of things in life, but he gained something in what he missed. And you listen to me tonight. You listen to what this preacher is trying to tell you right now. It is in that consecration that you make to God that separates your life and gives it the power and the strength that the world wants. But they don't know how, they, they, it's not, they don't know how to get it, and they're not willing to do what it takes to get it, but they want what you've got. Amen. And it is that consecration that keeps our weaknesses in check. It's that consecration that keeps us from doing some of the dumb things that we're capable of doing if we didn't have a vow on our life. Amen. Thank God for His touch on our life. What a difference God has made for all of us. But I would promise you tonight, if God could pull back the curtain and we could be seen for what we are capable of being, all of us would be red-faced tonight. But we're not that. Why? Because at some point in your life, you bowed your knee before God and you said, God, I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to do what's right. And you consecrated that life to God, to living by certain principles. And that has been the beauty of your life. Amen.